Welcome, everybody, to Mormons on Mushrooms. Uh, just a reminder that this is a storytelling podcast where we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a more fulfilling life. A lot of times on the podcast, we discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health top priority. Uh, lastly, the opinions offered by our guests don't necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy. Hey there, guy. That was a sexy chat. That was a sexy chat, man. I, it was funny because I was thinking of like, we were talking, we talk a lot about the masculine and the feminine. And I feel like we held some good space and she flowed and we followed and it was fucking rad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're all listening to this, this is the intro probably. We just had a chat with Ashley Herb. She's so radical. This is a second timer. She was with us. Mike mentions she's an OG. She was with us from the beginning of the podcast and she's just, to see her, the way that she's just opened up her life and been like, okay, I'm living it freely is pretty cool, right? Yeah, you see a big shift in, in you know, the, the year and a half that we've known her. And, but not only that, but just like we hit on all the things that she taught us in that first episode and how we've evolved from that. So it's cool to see all of our evolutions, you know, now. I agree. This episode. And we talk about everything. We talk about tarot, astrology, tantra, open relationships. Um, we kind of, we even wag and I don't know whatever words you want to say, but like wag, we wag, we, we wag. Yeah. We float like a butterfly sting, like a bee in this episode. We wagged our tails. We're big golden retrievers. (laughs) So enjoy Ashley guys. Like this is a fucking great episode. It is a great episode. And before we hit the music or hit the cue, Mike, I just want to say, we got some cool things coming up. Obviously there's the, um, the solstice June 24th through 26th, uh, Get your camp spot in our place for sure. But also we've got uh, upcoming with the Divine Assembly, mm-hmm. uh, April 22nd. Well, 22nd. We'll post it in uh, the... We'll put it in the show notes probably. Uh, we're going to be like, doing... Yeah, it's April 22nd. You're right. Yeah, be there. Be there. Be square. That's, that's going to be a really cool uh, answer, I think, to... Mormon general conference, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's basically the psychedelic space coming together and saying, Hey, I think there's more room for love, uh, more room for people to be their truest, most sincere version of themselves. We're going to talk a lot about that. Finding communities, finding your, finding your community. We're going to talk about that. And it's free on zoom. It's free and on zoom. We've got some cool panelists and we put together, uh, I think I can announce it now. We got, uh, we got us on a panel. We've got, Janae, who was on our podcast, she's putting together a panel of women uh, that's going to be rad. And we also got uh, Nuance Ho and Sam from uh, Zelf on the Shelf. They're doing a panel together. Um, Boom. And Just then other ones. All connected. It's all connected. All connected. Um, so, yeah, cool events coming up. Um, and yeah, I would just want to plug again that, like, what is our Venmo at Mushmore? At Mushmore, M U S H. M U S H M O R. Just send us money. Like send us fucking money. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's weird for us to ask for that, but there's an element of like very appreciative and we hardly see it, but there's people that see it. So send it to them. 
happened to them? Also send it to me and Mike. Put care of Doug and Mike and we'll go buy a kombucha. Okay, because kombucha's with it because it's very appreciative. Um, anyway, that's our sh- shameless plug. Enjoy Ashley Herb. Cue the music. Boop. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Ashley, long time no see. Long time no see. How have you guys been? So good. So good. Good. I'm on like a good old, I'm on a good old, like sort of crushing it streak right now. I was in, I was in LA with Mike last weekend. And then this last, and then I don't know how to say that two weekends ago. So two weekends ago, I was with Mike. Okay. And then last weekend I was uh I was with a f- very close friend of mine. One could even say that we are like close as brothers. And we okay. were we were tripping hard. It was a good old weekend. Yeah. <laughs> those are those are great weekends. <laughs> yeah, that's two for two right there, huh? Yeah, that does. That sounds amazing. I love it. Yeah. Actually, I've missed you. I missed you guys really, truly. I kind of fell off the map for a while. I was like doing the tarot readings for the, there's so much going on for me that I was like, I cannot, my brain cannot, but. So do do you still do that? So I have to come clean. Yeah. That I previously logged into Mike's Instagram and Facebook to check out the Mormons on mushroom stuff. And I always saw that you were doing those, those like Tuesday tarot readings or something like that. Right. Yeah. But ever since I like updated my computer, I don't have, I don't have access to the Facebook <laughs> or the Instagram Okay. because I don't want to reach out to Mike and be like, Hey, what are the passwords? So, cause I don't, right. I don't have any of that shit. And so I've lost touch. Are you still doing all that stuff or are you not doing that? I stopped in the fall. Oh like, shit. I, it's been longer than I thought. Yeah. I was like September, October. And I was just going through something. I was like, I can't put my energy there. I wanted to, but I just, I have a tendency to tendency to self-isolate i'm not saying that's a good thing <laughs> it's definitely Wait, a trauma is that a, is that a taurus thing yes yeah very much so we kind of go especially our bedrooms yeah fucking taurus like their bedrooms uh-huh. find us in our bedroom or our kitchen like that's where we're <laughs> or eating or snacking or, or uh, napping it's just is what, what it is so y'all taurus is just sort of like disappear and go to your special happy place and like fucking fuck the world and you can come to me if you need something is that what you up to yeah absolutely because i feel like if people were to reach out or, or if they needed something we, we would venture out we have to have a good reason to leave our our spaces though whatever space they consider their space most people it's their home yeah they have to have a good reason to go or we're not going anywhere <laughs> and that's so interesting i feel like i'm the opposite of that like i am easy to talk into things you know yeah like yeah, if no. it's one of those things where it's like, oh man, I'm kind of hung over. I'm not feeling it. I just did a whole thing. And then it's like Saturday night and people are like, Hey, meet us at such and such. I'm like, all right, I'll rally. Okay. I'll be there. I'm in. Yeah. I got that, but I'm there. That is not, I have like a social battery that I have to honor. So if I just uh, not feel it, I just don't go. Well, you it's a good to know that about you. You know what I mean? About yourself, I should say. Um, yeah myself or for other people to know because it's not personal it has nothing to do with anybody else i'm like i just want to be home (laughs) yeah you're explaining a lot about the special taurus in my life too (laughs) yeah 
We, you can usually persuade us. This is, this is a, okay. Nobody uses for nefarious purposes, guys, but you can usually persuade Taurus with food. Mm. You can kind of get us to do a lot of shit. If you, if you promise like really good food. <laughs> oh shit, man. Yeah. Don't you, don't all you pickup artists out there. Take that for your little book of plays. Cook for us, like DoorDash us food offer to take us like work we're, we're like that helps that helps to get us going somewhere that's the way to do it huh food yeah. food is food is the way to the heart well with so taurus is ruled by venus which is the planet of love beauty and sensuality so we're all about the senses so all of the things you know touching and smelling and tasting and we're in our bodies and and so sensual so yeah food's one of them because it's one of the major senses right oh yeah so just using sensory stuff to kind of coax a Taurus out to do stuff is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, since learning more about astrology, um, yeah. you know, I talk about, and maybe I shouldn't talk too much about my mate on the podcast, but like, <laughs> she just loves real things like feeling, you know, and that's why she, she does ceramics, you know, at, at houseplant ceramics uh, on Instagram, by the way. Yeah, oh. we'll give, we'll give houseplant ceramics all the free pub in the world because it's dope. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, that makes sense. But it's a good, yeah, a good Taurus thing to do, right? I mean, playing with the dirt and the mud, right? And, you know, anything, it's like if she, it's it's not, she doesn't necessarily love elegant things, but just like beautiful, beautiful, real things and elegant things too sometimes, as long as they're real and beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. We are kind of like, I mean, the joke is that we're the hedonists of the Zodiac. We're, we're always, we're pleasure seeking kind of all the time in this mode of pleasure, pleasure, pleasure and beauty and, and those types of things, just because it's, it's Venus. That's what she does. It's very deep feminine energy, which is sensual. And yeah, I don't know. I love it. I love most, that. Most of the time. <laughs> It can get you into some trouble probably, but it's pretty, it's pretty fucking good way to ex- explore and, and experience life. I yeah. I mean, every sign brings something to the collective and Taurus's kind of job, so to speak, is to remind everybody to be in their body. We're like, we're, we're here to remind you like, yes, we are spiritual beings, but we, we still incarnated with a body. So also enjoy being in here. So we kind of bring that to the collective, that energy of like, get in your body, enjoy your senses, you know, uh, enjoy being human. It's very life affirming sign. That's what we bring. I'd like to talk more about the Zodiac. Can we talk more about the Zodiac? Do it. Before Mike, we get there though. Aries? Is that before right? we get there, because I think this is great and I don't want to interrupt the flow. But Ashley, I've missed your tarot reading. So I want to pull two cards and you, you got to give us a vibe. No, I got them here. I got them here. Oh, got them. I was like, I got 18 decks I could choose from. <laughs> oh, well then maybe you you pull the cards. I was just going to pull a couple cards. I say we're following your intuition and I say you pull two cards. Okay. I'm going to do, it's in two different decks and it's like an as above, so below thing. So one's for above and one's for below. Okay. And you're going to read them for us. <laughs> oh, okay. So much fun. Okay. Okay. Send some good vibes, guys. We're going to figure out these. Mike, are you an Aries? I'm an Aries. Yeah. We can talk about that in a minute. No, I just, I just wanted to make sure I said it right before I fucking made an ass of myself. All right, guys. So as above, we've got the nine of swords in reverse. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to clarify that one with this deck here. Ooh, whoa. As above. Oh shit, dude. Is the lovers. 
The lovers. Lovers. It's from the wild uh, unknown tarot. So you got the uh, these two. Geese. Yeah, geese. So nine of swords energy, especially I like that it's coming out in reverse because when it's upright, that's that is a card of serious anxiety. It is like it's bugging you so much that it's keeping you awake at night. It's waking you up from your sleep. Like you not only are you thinking about it all day long, you're also thinking about it all night. It's very racing thoughts. It's a lot of intense energy. It's all mental. So when we're dealing with swords, that's connected to the air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, and it's mental, it's headspace, it's logic, it's it's all cerebral stuff. So anytime you're dealing with swords, you're dealing with thought. At Nine of swords is a heavy energy. If it's coming out in reverse, is a breaking of that. There's a shedding of that. Maybe you've been in that energy for a while of a lot of racing thoughts. I call them panic dreams where I wake up at 3 a.m. because... I've been having panicky nightmares. <laughs> then I wake up in anxiety. Uh, you're shifting out of that cycle. So you're coming, coming to a close into that. Um, now the nine leads into 10, which is all about betrayal. So, you know, watch where you might be betraying yourself and keeping yourself in these cycles. The lovers, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. It's major arcana. It's tied to people always want to go towards romantic relationships, but it can, it can just mean uh, union. So it can mean union within yourself. It can mean union within um, romantic partnerships or friendships. Uh, most people want to look at it from romantic ways because we're, we've been sold Disney movies. So that's where our head goes. Ooh, I love that. Ashley. Those two together is like, if you've been having racing thoughts about a love connection or you've been worrying and getting really anxious with yourself, maybe in your head way more than you are in your heart with this connection, but you're coming out of that cycle, learning to get more into your heart. More into that heart space, more get out of the thoughts and drop into where it feels good in the heart space of the connection with this person. Focus on that. I love that. And it ties in. Um, so I had a, I woke up from a dream at like 4.30 last night. Couldn't go back to sleep. And now we're here talking to you and you're talking about getting us out of our heads and into our, the Taurus sensuality and the physicality and into our heart space. I think Big. they're perfect cars for that. Yeah. And, and when I get into those moments, cause I wake up with those panic dreams or whatever, I, my breath, it's like, okay, a it's three in the morning, whatever I'm racing on right now, I can't do nothing about it right now. Yeah. The only thing I can do is focus on my breath. So I'll just breathe very gently in and out of my nose, put my hand on my heart space, feel myself in my body, come back in my body and just breathe. And sometimes it's like 10 minutes. Sometimes it's like two hours, but I'm just like, I'm just going to lay here and breathe because I can't do anything else. But it usually helps the anxiety dissipate. Oh, I love that. So just really getting in your body because the, the mind is lying. There's nothing for you there and it has no solutions. It just has chaos. So getting really deep in your breath and your body. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a perfect way to start this episode. Thank you. Yay, we did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just throw out there like, that's a, that's a good pull for me right now, Mike. I am a Gemini. So the nine of swords is right up my alley. Yeah. And for the last, well, since Wednesday of last week. So Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. So six for six nights. Um, I have, I, I've not been sleeping at all. Like I'm on no sleep, you know, just like laying there, letting the rumination take over, doing all my tricks, all my things. And just nothing can, nothing could, uh, nothing could beat it. Nothing could strap it. And so I just like, Mike, when you were, when you pulled that and then Ashley, as you were talking about that, cause it was inverted, it was upside down, right? Yeah. 
I'm just thinking that like, I think tonight I'm going to sleep so good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shut off this internal mechanism that just can't stop telling stories. Can't stop talking to me. Yeah. I feel like it's dead on. Like, I feel like, thank you, Mike. Even if it's just me convincing myself of that truth, I think that's a real thing. I, you know, I, it's all just a divination tool, right? And there's no coincidences. So the universe is speaking to you through all sorts of things. So why not this be one of them, right? It's just a way to take the the energy that's flowing through you and bring it into the physical reality. Totally agree. So be And I guess, yeah, let's start here and then let's dive into astrology because we haven't talked about this much on the podcast, but where I kind of see tarot and Oracle cards, there's different layers of woo and you can, you can pick your adventure, right? I mean, at the first level, you can just be, you can kind of say, well, for the most part, it's giving me good advice. So if I'm pulling a card a day or something, it's almost like having a inspirational quote of the day, right? I mean, this maybe applies more to Oracle cards than tarot cards, but it's like, um, yeah, I, what what could go wrong if I'm reading an inspirational quote every day or something to kind of buoy me up? And then the next layer is that, well, my intuition, we could pull the same cards and my intuition could tell me something different. So the cards are speaking to me. So, mm-hmm. and then that way they're being a mirror for my own intuition and mm-hmm. helping me bring up what I kind of already know inside of me, but sometimes it's hard to see, you know, through the, through the mess of it all. Um, but then there can also be the layer of woo that like we are creating our reality. And so there is a synchronicity into the cards that come up and why different cards come up when, and no matter which level you subscribe to, and there might be other levels too, it's all good. <laughs> this is why mushroom spaces are so great, right? Cause when you get into those deep dives into a mushroom space, you're like, I can see all of these layers and how they all are truth. Yeah. They're all truth. And we're all just frequencies anyway. So we're constantly emitting vibrations and all a tarot card is doing is, you know, one of them flies out of the deck. It's because the vibration kicked it out of the deck for you to look at it. Mm. It's just, it's attaching to that vibration and that's, what's making itself known. And I I had a tarot reading for myself a cup. This was like three, oh my God, this is like three years ago. And the three of swords popped out, which is about heartbreak. It's about like heartbreak and betrayal. It's a pretty big energy. And I was like, what? That's not going to happen. Like, nah, that's, I think I'm good. You know, let me get a clarifier. And it was clarified with, with the tower, which was like, no, I'm sorry. It was clarified with the three of swords again. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, pay attention. And I was like, I don't get it. So then I, one more clarifier, cause I'm thick. And the tower in reverse came out, which is something falling away from your life and you're not wanting it to fall away. You're trying to hold a structure together that isn't working anymore. Two days later, my entire life exploded like an atom bomb. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't even fathom were going to happen. And it was like maybe a week later that I was like, that fucking tarot reading. Fucking tarot, man. (laughs) It was like double heartbreak. Your life is going to fall apart. And I was like, no. That's not real. <laughs> is that when you kind of, had you been into tarot before then? I had been into tarot before then. I had, but those, those confirming moments, even the really difficult ones are, are awesome. Yeah, they really are. And those moments where I've had where, where it wasn't necessarily predicting anything in that way, but it was the advice I got from them. You know, sometimes if, if I'm in a funk, it's like, okay, what energy am I feeling right now? And what energy could I bring to kind of clear this for the rest of the day? 
so many moments where I'll pull a card and have a hit like, oh, this is how, this is how I kind of, this is the energy I need to bring to the rest of my day. Mm. And the day shifts. And so there could be something woo-woo about it. There could not be. It could just be that like, I'm reading that card and feeling that energy and bringing that to the rest of my day. And it's well, awesome. And who cares woo-woo if it makes your day better? Yeah. If my day's better at the end, who cares? Right. Right. Okay. So be it. Oh, well. I get that. Sometimes I'm like mind hack type of stuff with your brain where you're like, I'm going to trick myself into having a better day. Well, my day was better. So why is that bad? Yeah. Right. And I don't and mean then, passing. I just mean like in that moment, you're like, I got to shift this energy. And plus there's so many cool decks and so many cool, and it's such a fun thing. And you, you learn yeah. so much about um, the uh, collective unconscious through tarot, the symbolism yeah. that, um, that our psyches work from. And you can just have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say make it a game. And I try to remind myself that too, because we take things so seriously and we're trained to take things really seriously. We get disconnected from that childlike wonder. So when I'm doing tarot or past lives or stuff, I'm like, I try to make it as much of a game as possible. Even if I'm in a funk, I'm like, all right, let's pull these cards and see what shit comes out and kind of just see what happens and make it, make it really fun. Like a kid discovering something like you would, if you were playing tarot as a five-year-old. I love that. What was y'all's first experience with tarot? Can you remember that? Can you go back oh. and think of your first experience with any kind of concept of tarot? I think I was like a teenager, but I was Mormon at the time, right? So I was like, this is bullshit because that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also fine for where I was at. Heavenly Father doesn't approve of playing cards, let alone tarot cards, right? I, I definitely got a little bit of that where it was like, is this witchcraft or priestcraft and is this evil? But I never really felt that way. I was like, well, it feels fine to me. Ouija board freaked, freaked the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I think that's valid. I think there's some, there can be some bad juju there. <laughs> what about lies of feather stiff as a board? We totally played that. And I think we're pretty sure we convinced ourselves as like a bunch of eight-year-olds that we got somebody floating. Dude, my, my spouse will still to this day tell people that, she was a teenager. They did light as a feather, stiff as a board. To this day, she will she will demand that people recognize that she was hovering and was inches away from the ceiling when her girlfriends were lifting her up, you know, light as a feather, stiff as a board style. And yeah. I, I, who am into all sorts of weird, like, voodoo, woo-woo, hippy-dippy bullshit, like, I'm into all that stuff. Every time she tells that story, I'm like, oh, I okay, I I get it. Like, it's a good story. Like, I like it, but you weren't fucking lifted up to the ceiling by your girlfriend. But she, I mean, she, she insists. I say, why the hell not? There, stranger oh, things happened. Same. And I'm all in. I just in the back of my mind, I'm always like, eh, it sounds like bullshit. <laughs> I can't, I can't help the back of my mind. I, truly like I, between eight and 10, somewhere in there, we had a, we had a girlfriend floating a couple inches off our fingers that for, for our eight to 10 year old. And, and the thing is, is that it's been so long now between eight to 10 that I'm like, I don't remember if we convinced ourselves if it happened or if it actually happened. And either way, it was a fun night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who cares? Right. It doesn't, but if it did happen, amazing. A lot of unexplained. You want to hear my first experience with tarot? Yes, yeah. I do. Oh, you're seeing her right now as Ashley Herb. Was so, it? Yeah, I mean, I'd heard of tarot cards. I've never even bothered to look at it, obviously, because of Mormon and everything. And even ex-Mormon, it's like, you know, atheist. Like, I'm not, what, no tarot cards? Yeah. And then, so I had one experience where 
I was wanting to learn about Reiki. I heard about it. And so I had this uh, subscription to this channel. It's called House of Intuition. It's a like a crystal tarot shop here in LA. And they, they actually have like a channel where they have videos, including tarot videos, right? But I was watching a Reiki video and she pulled an Oracle card first. And here I am watching, watching Reiki and being like, oh, well, that sounds a little far-fetched. You pulled an Oracle card before <laughs> doing your <a> Reiki session. <laughs> and so I had only that experience, but I, was, I think I went and bought an Oracle deck because I was like, okay. So I was working with an Oracle deck. And then we brought you on, Ashley, and you were talking about tarot. And then I went and looked it up. And not only that, everything started pulling up about Carl Jung and tarot. And it was tying in synchronistically to everything that I had been learning. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then got my first official reading from you, Ashley. Yeah. And I was just fascinated by just how much it resonated. That's really cool. Dude, that's way cool. And then from there. Because I read for strangers most of the time. I don't know that. Yeah. They can't be making stories up because I don't know you, right? And to have these really intricate readings where they're like, holy shit, that was just so dead on. I am like giddy. It's just so much fun. Hell yeah. Well, not only that, it's been a huge part of my life since. A, a day does not go by where I don't pull at least one or two tarot spreads, usually on my dreams the night before. And then usually I'll do it throughout the day or uh, when I go to bed at night, kind of like, okay, what was the energy of the day? What could I have learned? And what can I expect in my dreams tomorrow? Yeah. Did we decide you were a cancer rising? Yeah, cancer rising. Uh -huh. Dude, she called it too. <laughs> Dude, look at that big old fucking bong you got, Ashley. You gonna hit that thing or what? I hit this thing. This is Harvey. He's been my boyfriend for four years. <laughs> oh, Harv. Harvey is my dog's name. That's kind of a weird thing for you to say your boyfriend is Harvey because, like, my only experience with the name Harvey is the rabbit the monster named Harvey Weinstein and my dog Harvey. So now, and now my bong and now your bong. I got, I got four Harveys in my life now. Something about that. Uh, not to say that Harvey Weinstein is in my life. I'm just saying in my like frame of like fucking reference, I know about four Harvey. One is the rabbit. One is the fucking monster. One is my dog. And one is Ashley's bong. That's what I'm trying to Who's Harvey rabbit. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a show in the old days called Harvey. Okay. And it was a rabbit. Yeah. There's a big talking imagination dragon, uh, imagine dragon, imagination rabbit. Who's in it? It's the dude from, uh, it's Jimmy Stewart is in it. You guys never heard of Harvey? No. Oh, I've heard of Oswald the lucky rabbit. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, I got I get down from my Oz, but I'm talking about Harvey. Like Harvey, this is a classic. Like this is like this is like Jimmy Stewart kind of shit. Like Jimmy Stewart is known for "It's a Wonderful Life." I know who he is, but I don't know this for Harvey show. I would say second, he's known for the movie Harvey. I don't know what what the fuck do I know about anything, but I think he is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna just go with your word on this one. <laughs> finally, finally, someone takes my word on something. Believe me, people, there's a fucking movie called Harvey. I'm taking your word on Harvey and your wife's word on levitation, and we're good. Yeah, dude, we're just believing all this bullshit tonight, aren't we? <laughs> I'm good. Anything you tell me, I'm good. Well, speaking of bullshit, let's get into astrology. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Oh, you guys, I go to this gym. 
I love my gym and it's so much fun. And it's mostly like when I go in the middle of the day, it's mostly just a group of married Mormon men who I've become friends with. And I'm on it. Get it, and girl. Get it. <laughs> it's not like that. But there's like, um, I'm living in a totally different paradigm. So I'm always talking about astrology and, and now it's become a joke where like the owner of the gym, he'll be like, Oh, is that, is so-and-so in retrograde? Is that why this is happening? I'm like, yeah, you know it. So it's, it's become, they just tease me constantly about it. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever. Secretly, they think it's awesome. It's, but like, even not even secretly, they think it's awesome. They for sure think it's awesome. They just don't have the tools. Like I'll, I'll tell you, that's a thing. Like I, I would love to have some, like, I mean, I'm looking at you, Ashley, and I'm picturing this like f- enchanted forest nymph fairy come flitting into the gym and be like, is something in retrograde? I want, I'm not like joking around. I want you to tell me what the fuck is up, but I have to, I have to couch it as this like sort of joke and sort of like, what's up? Is there a double full moon? Is it like all that kind of bullshit? But like literally, it's not bullshit. These dudes are really asking like, Hey, what's up with like the way I'm feeling my emotions, the way they're coming up, the way things at work aren't working correctly, the way things in my, like with my friend group or my relationships aren't going down. It's real shit. I love that. I actually love that. One of the guys has a son who's a Pisces. And all I told him was he was explaining that he gets really emotional. And I was like, next time he gets emotional, go put him in the bath and have him rinse everyone's energy off. He's just absorbing everybody. And once he rinses off, he'll be more himself. And this was a couple months ago. And then maybe like a week ago, he was like, yeah, we just, he takes a lot of baths and then it's like, he's back to normal. So they're, they are paying attention. Yeah. You're affecting these dudes. Yeah. Which is why I completely leave it wide open. And they ask a lot of questions because I don't hide any part of the weird way I live my life. And so I'm just always open to answer. And, and they, they, there's a lot of joking and I'm like, they know, <laughs> I, just, I kind of joke. about. But, but, but that's the thing. Sorry, Mike, I'm going to, I'm going to, go back to astrology, just so you yes, know, I had, uh, I had a little happy hour before we started this thing. So I've got some major questions. So like, the thing that you're talking about, Ashley, yeah, like that's that's one of the beauties of sort of like an esoteric view of the world or, or of the universe. Like, it's cool to be able to take your to go home and put your son in the bath and be like, dude, that Pisces energy is just too much. You're picking up some shit. You can't, you know, you got to brush it off, rinse it off, shake it off, because. In any kind of monotheism, especially a high demand monotheism like Mormonism, yeah, like there's no, there's no like, is Jesus just having a bad day? Like, what's up? Like, why is everything going to shit today? And yeah. whether it's real or imagined or part of the self or part of the collective consciousness or ego, whatever it is, to have that like, okay, so I'm not the only one experiencing this. To feel like you're not alone. To feel like you're like, okay. There's a group of us and technology is not working very good. Or my coworkers seem to be a little bit grumpy or shit's just not going the way I thought it was going to go. Like whether that's like legitimately, this is real, this is happening, this is everything. Or, hey, this is all about mindset. It's about the way you view the world. It's about the way you approach, uh, you know, different things that are going on in your life. There is some major value to this shit we're talking about when it comes to tarot and zodiac and woo woo stuff like there's some major shit to that because it makes you feel less alone if you're if you're in mormonism 
and you're having a rough day, you're alone. Like you are alone and having a rough day because come throw your burdens on my, you know, on my shoulders. Cause my, my, I can't quote Jesus right now. I'm too drunk, but like, because my burden is light and my, my load is not very heavy. You know, whatever he's talking about. And Mormonism is that it teaches you that if you're having a bad day, you've done something. You're wrong. the, you're the, you're the reason. The problem. And I'm not saying people can't create their own bad days. I am just saying that, you know, we have no problem acknowledging that the moon has an effect on us. It, it affects our tides. It affects our emotions. Women are on a moon cycle and we accept that the general populace accept that the moon affects us, but why wouldn't the other heavenly bodies? It's totally. True. Why wouldn't like that's it's so weird that we're like the moon affects us, but Venus can possibly. Yeah. Why us. would we be talking about Venus being in a retrograde? Like it's it's totally true. Like. Right. I love that you said. If you're having a bad day. In Mormonism, it's just your fault. And I'm not trying to scapegoat anything. I'm not trying to say like, oh. Give me a scapegoat. I still get caught up in that, Doug, all the time. <laughs> like I'm having a bad day. I think what what why am I what am I doing wrong? Well, I mean, tap into the fucking cosmos, dude. If you're having a bad day, it's probably some shit that's going down. Have a fucking meltdown. Oh, without fail, there was like last month, I think it was, there was a, uh, the moon changes every two and a half days. It goes into different signs. And the moon was in cancer for two and a half days. And I could not keep it together. I just was crying hysterically for like two days. And then I was like, I don't moons and fucking cancer. It was, it was jacking with my energy so bad. And then it moved out of cancer into Leo. And within a few hours of it shifting into a new sign, my energy lightened up. I wasn't emotional and being emotional is also fine. I allowed myself to just be emotional for two days, but you know, when you start to understand the moon cycle and how it hits every sign in the 28 day cycle, it's going to hit every sign and bring forward that energy. You're like, Oh, when it's in a water sign, I'm going to be a little more intense and emotional. Like the moon right now is in Scorpio, which is all about like the secrets and the underworld and the subconscious It's a very intense emotional energy. So when I've, you know, the moon moved into Scorpio, I was like, well, probably going to be looking at some shadow for the next day or two probably going to come up to the surface. Well, I love that for several reasons. Cause one, I think how in tune you are, Yeah. but you're consciously in tune where other people it'd be more unconscious of the effects that that's having. And I also think there's yeah. an element of, you know, as we kind of transition from corporate uh, masculine America into more and getting in touch with the ebbs and flows and cycles of the earth, we will f- I think fill the cycles more in a way or be conscious, more consciously aware of that. Yeah. We'll become, we'll be, we'll, we'll understand to be how to be in sync with it. Because here's the thing too, is that the collective is, so men have a cycle and women have a cycle, but men's cycle is a 24 hour cycle and women's cycle is a 28 day cycle, but all of the planet is functioning on a 24 hour cycle. So we're all on the masculine cycle and women are not on the 28 day cycle with the way they move in the, in the world. Because the work day is set up for the masculine energy. Whoa. Will you go on? Will you continue talking about that? That, That's how steeped in the patriarchy we are. We are so steeped in the patriarchy that the entire planet functions on the masculine energy cycle, which is a 24-hour cycle. Holy shit. The feminine 
energy cycle is a 28 day cycle. We know this, we call it the moon cycle when you have a period, we, we really are on a 28 day cycle, but we're now uh, women are, are on a 28 day cycle shoved into a, to a male centric system and it doesn't work. Well, I know we've had conversations with, um, you know, uh, we had that one episode, we haven't released it yet because they, they were doing a podcast, but they haven't released it yet. But on the reclaiming podcast, they were tracking, they kind of, it was uh, three women who I don't, I won't talk about it yet in who yet, but um, they were talking about how uh, they would share where they're at in their cycle and what usually comes up for them at this point in their cycle. And like, oh yeah, I'm uh, three days post bleed or something. And because of that, usually when I'm this, I feel this. And so they know their own rhythms or they're learning their own rhythms and how they feel during that 28 day cycle. And when they usually feel sad or happy or more energy or feel withdrawn and need to go into their room and eat popcorn. You know? Yeah. 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 Cause it's almost like it's own miniature season. It's like a 28 day cycle is like going through the four seasons. There's a time to plant the seed of what needs to be created in birth, you know, with ideas. And then you go into it, being birthed and you go into harvesting that. And then you go back into a winter, which is where you shut down, you go in and now it's time to go internal and think. And women are supposed to be doing that once a month. Holy shit. And we don't do that. Nobody does, you know? And I, the only way, like, and I can feel the ebbs and flows of my cycle when it comes to my sexuality, because when I am ovulating, forget it, it's a whole different thing. And I'm just like very aware that I'm ovulating right now because how I interact with the male species is I'm like, just lock me in my room. This is dangerous. You just get, you just get super fucking horny. Is that what you're saying? And I'm also female between women between 35 and, and 45 are in their sexual prime anyway. So I'm right smack and I'll be 39 in May. So I'm right smack in the middle of my sexual prime. I'm horny like a teenage boy constantly. And then when I'm ovulating, I'm like, everybody just, not everyone, but smell becomes a thing, the pheromone situation. So men either smell just like, Oh, so good. Or they smell horrible. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not functioning for, <laughs> but we're not taught. Yes. Yeah. We're not taught how to flow with that energy of like, okay, I'm ovulating. And how do I flow with that? You know, we're just, it's so weird. And, and for me, astrology, and I, we, we talked about this on the last episode as Tantra, it's, it's, they, they merge so well together. They bleed over so well. So I live in the world of the two because the flow is there, mm. the masculine and feminine and that type of thing. Well, let's get into that. Well, let's stay on astrology for a minute. And I want to get into that. Well, hold on, Mike. I, I feel like I want to go back to something that she said. Yes. Go. Is that okay? Please. And I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, curious. I'm still kind of coughing. So if, if I sound weird, it's because I'm trying to, I'm trying to like suppress a cough. You're good. But Ashley, this is the most male centric thing that I could possibly say. But I think a lot of people know about the idea of women being on a 20, 28 day cycle. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever heard anybody say that men are on a 24 hour cycle. Yeah. What can you give us more deets on that? So when men wake up in the morning is when your testosterone is at the highest. So think about the regular day in society, especially like America. You wake up in the morning, get up, hit the, hit the ground running, start attacking your day. You might need coffee. You might not want to talk to people yet, or you might want to have sex first thing in the morning because your testosterone is at its highest. Then the testosterone drops as the day goes on. So middle of the day, you know, um, you're, or you go into your work day after work 
the testosterone's right at the right level where you want to socialize. So now we have bars, people go get drunk, they go have a beer, they go play pool, they go with their buddies, they do all those things after the workday is over because you're now at a level of testosterone where socializing becomes more exciting than sex. Not that you can't have sex, but that's just the cycle you're on. So we have happy hour, things like that. Then the testosterone's at its lowest at the end of the day. And when it's lower testosterone, that's more of like wanting to be in your bed, wanting to be comfortable, maybe snuggle with your mate. Again, sex is still on the table, but it's going to be more of that touchy, more of that lovey, more of just yummy feeling. Everyone's winding down. We go to sleep. The day begins all over again. Man. It's a testosterone cycle for men mm. and the whole world is running on it. You nailed it. So cool. Yeah. And women aren't on a testosterone cycle. We don't have that. So we're, we're going into an unnatural cycle of we wake up in the morning, we hit the ground running, we socialize in the afternoon, we snuggle at night, we better be ready to snuggle our mate at night because he's now at the lowest point in his testosterone. So we have to, and it's just like, we weren't taught that we're not on that cycle. Wow. That's not what works for me. Interesting. And it, it's there a difference in like, cause you know, we talk about men and women, but there's also kind of like the masculine and feminine energies that exist in us. Right. And so like, yeah. I may, men, yeah, yeah. You, you get what I'm asking. Absolutely. Because everybody has masculine and feminine in them and it has nothing to do with gender. It's just the masculine polarity is the action. It's, 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 it's what you tap into to take action. So it's how you get shit done. It's also the energy that gives it's out in the world and doing these things, the feminine, and it's stored on the right side of the body. Um, Cause we are giant batteries, right? So the matrix got it right. We're just big batteries. So the masculine is on the right side of the body and it's the positive polarity. And the feminine is the negative. If you look at a battery, you have the plus and the minus. And the feminine is the receptive mode. It's your emotions. It's intuition. It's receiving. It's not an action energy. It's that. And then when you have that give and take and, and it's a flow. So the, the feminine energy is in a flow state. And a perfect example would be, I go to the gym. We talked about this. When I go to the gym, I am deep in my masculine energy at the gym. You can call her bro ash. She's such a bro. Cause A, she bro wants to pal around with it. She's a bro. She's such a she's a fucking bro, guys. <laughs> and and she's and it's the right place for her would be the gym. If there's any place to tap into that completely, would be there. It's complete action. There's no receiving. I'm there to put in work. I'm there to go hard. I'm in that more of aggressive energy. I'm tapping into these more primal states and that masculine. I'm around a bunch of men, which also feeds it. Um, and so I'm very deep in my masculine. Well, I can't be in that all day long. So I have ways of sloughing that off once I leave the gym and moving more into my feminine energy. Showers are a good way to do it where it's kind of just rinse that off and then I can unfold into that feminine essence. But I don't bring her to the gym. Hell yeah, man. Sorry, Mike, I, I interrupted as you were about to ask a cool question. So sorry. Oh, when, no, let me, sorry. No, I was just actually, before we get into Tantra and I just want to talk a little bit more about astrology because yeah. you mentioned about me being cancer rising. And this was a really cool moment, Ashley was uh, when, because after, um, after our episodes we recorded with you, I think you recommended the app time nomad. And I downloaded mm -hmm. it. I pulled up my chart. Well, I asked my mom what time I was born and she tells me and I put it in there and I share it with you. And you're like, oh, something feels wrong about this. Like, especially on my rising sign. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, okay, well, I couldn't find my birth certificate. So I actually ordered one from the state of Utah. It came and my time of birth was wrong. Well, that my mom said it was, it was off by like an hour or so. 
which is enough to change your rising sign. So I came back, I was born 10, 10 AM in the morning on April 8th, 1980, which makes me a cancer rising. And you saw that and you're like, Oh, holy shit. This all makes sense now. <laughs> I remember that. Cause I remember you put you at a Gemini's rising and I was like, no, you are not. No, you are not. I just knew you weren't. I was like, nope, I refuse to believe it. Well, and a rising sign might be a good one too, because you can tell. And so what is a rising sign? So I, in rising is your rising sign is probably the most important point in the chart. The rising sign changes every two hours and it sets, it becomes the ruler of your entire chart. So for example, I'm a Taurus, I'm a Taurus sun, I'm a Taurus moon, Scorpio rising. So we'll talk about your big three. Mm -hmm. So your son is like your ego personality. It'd be like the core of your soul, whatever lessons it wants to learn. It kind of, that's your ego. Your moon is going to be your emotions, how you connect to people, how you, how you emote, how you get like those needs met. That's going to be your moon. And your rising sign is like the vehicle that you're driving in. So it affects how you look and it's the energy that you emit when you walk into a space. So I'm a Scorpio rising, which is why I, I always joke that I give off queen of the underworld vibes. Oh, you do. Totally. So, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong, right? I'm like such the, the fucking queen of the underworld. If vampires existed, I would be one of their leaders. Totally. <laughs> like, I emit that energy. It's very Scorpio energy. So when I walk into a space, even though I am a Taurus, the energy that I am emitting is Scorpio rising is that Scorpio energy. So it's like the car that I'm in, it's the structure that everything's built around. Scorpio is also becomes the ruler of my entire birth chart. So just like when, when you're sitting in a car, your entire world is filtered through the windshield. Wow. It can't not be that's the vehicle you're in. So having a Scorpio rising means every single point in my chart is going to be filtered through the lens of Scorpio. Wow. That makes so much more sense now in that way. Um, Because I remember when we were talking, you're like, I don't really identify as an Aries and I don't come across as an Aries. And you're right. You don't, you come across as a cancer because your cancer is your rising sign. But I'm realizing now. And so this is when I really started getting into astrology after. So not only tarot, but I have you to thank for my love of astrology now. And it was in this conversation when we were talking about that. And I mentioned, I don't feel like a, and I think uh, Eric, my friend was there, right? We were having that lunch in Salt Lake and he's like, Mike, you're a fire sign. He was just kind of blown away. Um, But as I've noticed more and owned my shadow more, like that fire comes out and I feel more in my element when I'm in that fire, right? And I'm not... So usually when I'm suppressing my fire with my water from cancer, right, it becomes this weird thing where it's a repression and which turns into depression because I'm trying to like contain all that fire and creating all this steam inside of me, or it's coming out in all these passive aggressive ways. So like a, an Aries, very fiery, very competitive, very like the, the, the first sign of the Zodiac, the, the, what the starters, the initiator, um, the leaders, when I'm suppressing that it comes out in like passive aggressive competitiveness or just like, like I said, like a depression because I I'm putting out my own fire. Yeah. What, what's your moon? I, I don't remember. My moon is Capricorn. So, and like I stability, like something very yeah. like when it comes to my emotions, you know, I, I kind of gravitate towards like st- stability in a way. Yeah. Capricorn moons to me are when when it comes to emotions, it's like, they definitely have emotions. They just don't have time for them. Mm. It's like, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't have emotions. I just, ah, 
this is like inconvenient. So I'm just going to not deal with it right now. It's not, I got shit to do. That right. That's Capricorn. <laughs> Feels right for about most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I will. And so they're prone to becoming workaholics as a way to run from their emotions. If they're not, you're in a state where you're wanting to feel your emotions and be in it. If somebody is a Capricorn moon and they are, they are running from their emotions, then they're usually prone to workaholism for sure. And that's, and I was for a lot of my life. Um, yeah. So fascinating. So I, I think there's an element of, I'm glad you kind of talked about the, the major, um, I guess you would call it, would you call them like the three major things in your chart? People usually call them the big three, big three. is like, your what are your big three? And if people know that they're like in the in crowd, you know, like, what are your big three? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, could, it, start, it all started to make more sense to me then. And then, you know, before I always saw Aries, I didn't identify with an Aries and it, I read it more like you would like a fortune cookie, you know, in astrology. Okay. But instead, if you see it more as like the different energies inside of me and how one can affect the other and which one's dominant in that moment. Yeah. yeah I get that. that makes more sense. I have like five tours placements. So I'm just like fucked. <laughs> well, it makes it easier because you're talking about, sorry, duck. Uh, talking about the, uh, the, the rising in the, uh, the sun. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've met people where they have the same rising and sun sign mm-hmm. and it kind of almost becomes a, what you see is what you get sometimes when they enter a room. Is that an accurate way yeah. to say it? Absolutely. My son's a Leo sun with a Leo rising. So he's got a Virgo moon that affects how he deals with his emotions, but that kid is a Leo. Yeah. And you can just feel it. He just walks into a space. He's just a little ball of sunshine. He's loud because Leo's they're the attention seekers. You know, they want all the attention. They're ruled by the sun. They, they shine on everybody. They're just light and happy and he wants to make everybody laugh. And you know, that's just him. They're usually known for fantastic hair too. <laughs> Holy no. shit. My son, my Leo son has the best hair ever. They have the best hair. And if you want to make them feel good, compliment their damn oh, hair. Shit. And the more I know, cause he's also, be, uh, sorry, he's also a cancer rising, but he doesn't come across <laughs> as a Leo. But the more I've recognized yeah. that in him, this is where it can be good with your own kids. Like I, the more I know that yeah. he, he actually, cause he seems like he doesn't want the spotlight, but when you give him the spotlight, really, he loves it. He'll gobble it They're up. Gobbling. Yeah. They're usually class clowns and stuff like that. So is, is the main, when you, when you talk about the big three, is it, is it the sun, moon and rising ascent? Mm-hmm. Sun, moon and ascending or rising. Yeah. Those are, you're going to be your big three, the two luminaries in the sky and your rising sign. My, my two luminary, my sun and moon are the same. That you're Gemini. Gemini. I'm Gemini, like Gemini me. with Libra rising. Oh, you're all air. Oh God, no wonder you're spinning in your head at night. You're just fucking in your head because you are, you're an airhead. I am an airhead. People tell me that frequently. Yeah. Well, you can't even help it. Although I would imagine that you're usually probably one of the smartest, like Gemini, Gemini, Libra, there's brilliance there. Shit. I missed that boat. I'm, I'm usually in the, in the air as far as like, people are like, get your fucking head out of the clouds. But But that means you're not intelligent. You can't equate the two. You can't just be like, I'm not intelligent because my head's in the clouds. Yeah. Usually head's in the clouds processing. Here's the thing is that your Gemini's process information at a ridiculously fast speed. I do that. I, I do do that. Yeah. Yeah. So quick moving that most of us can't keep up with it. So we're like, I get your head out of the cloud. And you're like, I am processing things at a speed you can't fathom. Oh, wow. <laughs> I remember working 
I worked on a guy, I did a, I did a session on a guy that was a Gemini, Gemini, Libra. It's funny. It was triple. It was the same as yours. And I put my hands on his head to move some energy. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God, how fast are you processing information right now? Really? It was insane how fast the energy was moving around his head. Holy shit. Yeah. That gives me, that gives me hope. It was really cool. I was like, wow, this feels wild. But he was, yeah, he was Gemini, Gemini, Libra. Interesting. Huh. Man, I'm loving this conversation. Mike, what is that shit-eating grin on your face about? I want to know. <laughs> I just love He's this like, conversation. Eh. And Doug, you talk about you not being intelligent. Fuck that, man. Like, like I know. I call, I call bullshit well, on that. I yeah, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to you probably get bored so fast on everything all the time because you process it so quickly and you're on to the next thing. And sometimes that can come across as like not intelligent because you're bouncing around so much, but no, that's I'll I'll tell you the, 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 the the processing quickly thing really hit home with me because I I do, I do get bored. I, I, I actively try not to get bored. You know, like the happy hours that you were mentioning earlier, Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of times I'm, I'm bad at conversation. Cause like, if someone gives me information, I'm like, like I spend a lot of time, not a lot of time, but I, I spend a lot of mental energy going to the ends of the earth for the little topic that they just brought up and then coming back to the conversation. I'm just like, this is fucking boring. Are we still talking about this? Like, let's talk about something cool. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep Gemini's entertained. Here's the thing is like Gemini, especially Gemini moon, they kind of get the bad rap of being like the cheaters of the Zodiac, especially Gemini moon. When in reality, if you just make sure they're stimulated all the time, give them a fucking puzzle. They're good. They, they just like to have a lot of stimulation. They want to have their mind stimulated constantly. So they're not cheating because they're malicious. They're cheating because they get bored. Oh, you're talking about like, <laughs> you're talking about sexual cheating. I was talking about like cheating on like math tests. Like, yeah, no, I could get down with that shit. Come on. Cheating on their partners. It's a really funny placement. And some, you know, there's no revenge to it. There's no maliciousness. It's none of that. It's like, they just, they just get bored. <laughs> They would, they would do well in an open relationship. We'll just put it that way. We're talking about a couple of topics we're going to hit maybe in the, like it here, but certain, 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 uh, Gemini uh, placements in the Zodiac would thrive in an open relationship as opposed to other ones that would fl- thrive more in monogamy. But yeah. And Doug, um, I'll be your monkey anytime you want me to. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Listen, I'm not so much, uh, I'm not so much into cheating. I, I did zip my lip during that uh, Gemini being into cheating in open relationships. But Mike, if you'll if you'll be my monkey, I'm down. Well, I'm not saying that everyone that is is a cheater. That's not what I'm saying. I didn't. I'm just saying. I didn't feel that way. I just wanted to like clarify that you know I'm hear doing my like, I'm I doing my best over here. That's all I'm trying to clarify, <laughs> Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a funny, it's just funny. Sure, sure. Have I, since my wife and children have been out of town for the last three days, have I masturbated eight times in that three days? Sure, I have. Yeah, of course. Do they need to be out of town for you to do that is the real question. No, I mean, as this this prolifically, yes. But not not to keep up the uh, regular routine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Did you uh, go to the Reddit sites we were talking about today, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Mike, listen, 
If you're asking me if I've been to watch it for the plot a number of times in the last three days, yes, I have. Well, you, know, you know what I like <laughs> about watch it for the plot is plausible deniability. Yeah, well, that <laughs> that was when I was Mormon. Now it's more just like you know, porn. It captures like the mechanics of sex, but sometimes it misses the essence of it. And sometimes I think uh, sex in movies, even if it's like glorified or something, you know, it captures the essence of it better. Dude, you're dead on. Like, honestly, we've talked about this before on the podcast. The reason I like reading like smut, like dirty, dirty reading is because Porn is just like a snapshot of a of of the what a good way to put it, Mike. The mechanics of the act. Yeah, I don't give a shit, girl. Give me some story. Like I want some story behind this. Like what are these? What are the motives behind these folks? Like what are they thinking? And I want it. I want it told by like real actors who can actually portray it. <laughs> you know, not like a hey. man showing up and like whatever. Holy shit. I think that, I mean, we're bouncing all over, but to me that ties so perfectly into Tantra because Tantra trades performance for, for presence. It, it, Tantra is all about present. It's a getting present in your body, present with yourself. So you can be present with your partner. So you're very deep in the experience. Well, the best actors, actresses are very present with themselves in that moment. That's how they're able to do that beautiful acting. Porn is just a performance, which is fine. I like porn. I enjoy it here and there on occasion, but the essence that missing is that these people are not present with each other at all. And you can feel it. Yeah. You can feel it. You can feel the energy of that. Right. Um, You can feel that they are not present. And that to me, where I'm at now in my own sex life is like, if you can't or won't be present with me for whatever reason, as a, as a sexual partner, I don't want to have sex with you. I'm not interested in that. I need you to be in your body and be with me, whether it's for 10 minutes or four hours or whatever. But if there's a lack of presence, I'm not interested. Damn. Can we talk? Can this be our topic for the next hour and a half? Yeah. Big time. This is my life right now. Like all I've been doing (laughs) for the past year is melting away layers around sexuality and doing Tantra stuff and, and open relationships. And it's been fascinating, but I am all about, presence. Fuck yeah. Mike, you, you look like you're about to say something. I got something in the wings, but what were you about well, to say? No, just before uh, I, there was just one thing I wanted to hit because it's fascinating. We're talking about this in the presence and it's what, like, I, I, I used to feel like when, you know, when I was Mormon that like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm Mormon because if not, I'd be a porn addict. Right. And there was an element of once like porn was like, Oh, especially on business trips. Like once we were leaving the church and uh, my mate and I actually had the conversation and she was like, yeah, if you're traveling, like go watch porn, you know? And this is like when we were like leaving the church. Right. There was an element of like, once it was like a green light, like, Oh wow, shit. I I'm trying to figure out what I even like and what, what sites to even look at. And then now it's like, take it or leave it. You know, it's, it's yeah, interesting same. once it's like, it's not the forbidden. Well, because the, the what people are actually addicted to is they're, they're addicted to shame. Mm-hmm. They're addicted shame cycle. They're not addicted to porn. So it's addiction to shame. When you work on the shame and heal the shame, whatever the shame is, you can naturally, you know, work through the addiction to whatever the shame is causing you to go towards, which for a lot of people is porn. A lot of Mormons and ex-Mormons. Well, purity culture. We can't yeah. just limit it to Mormons. We're yeah. living in a mechanical culture. So as long as you're really tied up into the sexual shame of purity culture, 
um, that's going to drive that addiction for those things. I'm with you. I enjoy porn, but it's very take it or leave it. I'm kind of like, so, yeah. So here's my, here's, I guess my point with, with that was, but now it's very take it or leave it because I miss that presence. It's like, you're there and it's like, okay, great. But like that, just being in the moment with someone and you know, that connection, yeah, you just can't get it through that. And so now it's just like, okay, take it or leave it. Interesting. Cause like I said, like I'll put on porn and the more, and I'm really picky about porn now because I'm like, I like homemade porn. So I love when, when you have a couple that records and then they decide to put it on like, you know, couple shares or porn hub or whatever, when you can feel they are connected, I'm like, Oh hell yeah, bring it. I want to watch that. <laughs> because that presence is there. But the more present I am with myself, sometimes I'm like, eh, this porn is boring because I'm not present with me. This is not enjoyable for me anymore. Man, this, you know? is the, this is the conversation I needed. Like, honestly, I will go as far as saying porn, like when I think of porn, yeah, it's fucking boring because it's just. Yeah, it's I, boring. I feel like I can see the cash grab. I can see the. I can see the falseness or the phoniness of it. Like, I don't know that I even see the tits and ass. Like, I don't, like, I can just see, like, this is roll it through. We're doing this for money. Let's get it over with. And let's be, let's go home for dinner. What, what you're talking about, Ashley and Mike, you mentioned is when it comes to that presence, it's like, I want the connection. Like I want to, this is true about, so you're talking to somebody who has had one sexual partner, but my sex is different. I, I've had different types of sex. I've had sex where it's like, okay, one of the two people involved in this is just trying to get off. Like they're just trying to get their fucking orgasm. But I've had, I've also had sex where it's just like, we are only here right now and the world has come and gone and the universe doesn't exist. And it's like, we are here exploring one another. Like we are here for this. Yes. We are here to like, I want to taste every inch of your skin. Like we, that that's real shit. Yeah. And the thing for me with porn, that's why I, Mike, that's why I gravitate towards the, the typed up descriptions is because in the typed up descriptions, people have to say, Here's what is the feeling. Here's what's going on in my body. Here's what's going on with what I'm, is it, is it, it's a will they, won't they? It's a, it's a, why would we, why bother? And because fuck yes is the why bother. It's the answer to the question. Why bothers? Because fucking a, this is dope. And so it's, it's funny. Like both of you are, are comment are complimenting like, Oh, I'll put on poor Ashley. You said it. I'll put on porn. Like it's like this, it's like this third party thing where I'll like, yeah, I'll throw some porn up. I've totally just put it on for like the sound of it because then I can get like and hear it. Cause that's erotic to me to hear people being pleasured. Brings the, yeah, it yeah, brings the fucking vibe, vibe in there. And so like, I've sometimes I'll put it on because I enjoy the sound of it. And then I can work with my own imagination. Right. Boom. And get in my own head and let that story build. And maybe I'm fantasizing about somebody, you know what I mean? Like, allow that to unfold. And that to me is pretty pleasurable. I could not agree with something more. We're talking about the different kinds of sex. Like I'm at this place in my life now where I am, I refuse to have sex where it's like, you're just getting off or I'm just getting off and I am not present. If I have to disassociate to have sex with you, I will not have sex with you. Just bottom line. I love won't that. do it. I love that. Yeah. So it's very, 
<clears throat> be here with me now. Again, if it's like 10 minutes and it's just a quickie, but it's still, you're there. Or I prefer hours. I'm like, if you going to come have sex with me, you better carve out a night. <laughs> yeah. You better like get your, your schedule clear at homeboy get or homegirl. I'm not trying to like, hate homegirl, homeboy. Both with depending on the mood and what's happening. And all, maybe at the same time, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it flows that way. And, Fuck and yeah. that, that's what I'm interested in is just these very, just these moments where I see you, you see me. And, mm. and what I found, which is even more, which is like saddening is that uh, a lot of people can't handle that. That's true. Let's talk about, well, shit. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. <laughs> We're talking yeah. about what were you saying, Doug? Well, I was just going to talk about sex as this, like sex as a superpower, right? Sex. It is a superpower, especially feminine sexual energy, because that's that's what's been removed from the earth and what has been blocked off and what we're not tapping into. And it's a fucking superpower. It is wild what you can do when you can tap into that feminine and the masculine together and that interplay of these two energies. Okay, I'm just going to be fully honest. I blow people's minds. When I am, cause I have a lot of partners, so I'm, I'm non-monogamous. So I have a lot of partners. And when I'm, a, when I get into a space and this isn't everyone I'm with, but when I find partners that I can step into that masculine and feminine space with, which doesn't happen very often, blow their minds because it's like, what the fuck am I experiencing right now? I'm like what nobody is because we've been cut off from it. And that's what I'm teaching. I'm like teaching couples how to have tantric sex. I'm teaching uh, tantric like energy workshops to, to couples and helping them learn how to do that so that they can go, go have those experiences with each other. Well, and I love this because you're talking about the polarity too of it, right? And there was a book that was recommended to me by a coach that I was working with. Um, it was called Way of the Superior Man. And and despite the, like the cringy title a little bit and, and the fact there's some, the way he uses the phrasing in the book is a little cringy, but it, what it highlighted for me was the, you know, it, in our society now we're trying to shift away from patriarchy. Right. And we, think the, we think the answer to that is that men and women are all the same and women can do everything that men can do and this and that. Right. Right. And there's an element to that of like, yes, like men, like women are powerful they're you know and we've been repressing them for and more powerful than we realize and we've been repressing them for so long but there's an element of like and it's, it's tricky to say this in a way but like that men are trying to become more feminine and women are trying to become more masculine yeah which can work in certain scenarios but when it comes to a sexual dynamic even if you're in a homosexual relationship the polarity has to be there the polarity has to be there one has to be more in their feminine, which has nothing to do with gender. It's just the the energy, the receiving and giving and the dominant and the submissive or however, the, the polarity is what creates that sexual tension. So this is how this like, this is how I describe it to people is the masculine energy. And again, this is not about gender. It doesn't matter what body you're in, but that polarity has to exist in order for a sexual experience to, to flow really well. So the masculine energy, whichever partner is carrying that polarity is the energy that creates the container. So it contains the feminine essence. It doesn't control it. It contains it the same way a pitcher would hold water. It's not controlling the water, but it's containing it. 
And it's a dynamic container. So as her energy grows and is big, the, the container, you know, grows to, to accommodate when her energy pulls in, the container pulls in. So it becomes this dynamic dance, but the masculine creates a container and the feminine then can open up and move through that container in all of her essence, which is wild. And that's what we, that's what we've been cut off from is the feminine in all of its entirety. When it has that masculine container is wild energy. It's, it's, you can't even like wrap your head around it if you haven't been able to fully experience it. Well, just from personal experience, it's the, the, the masculine creating that container in a, in a, in a place of it's safe. It, like, like I, I know we say the word safety a lot and it can mean a lot of things, but like, I would say, integrity. sorry, I say it again, create a container out of your integrity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dead on. Exactly. So where you're creating this, this, this place out of this space out of integrity and just the, 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 the safe boundaries of you can explore this entire space. Yeah. I, I will, I will outright say that my sex life has become infinitely better yeah. since I left the Mormon church, since I got away from the idea of porn, since I got away from the idea of uh, what is monogamy? What is polyamory? What is, what is ethical nominal? All that kind of, once I got away from all of that, there's an opportunity for my true deep seated masculinity to come through and be fucking sexy. Like, like open up some really cool opportunities. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) But it is, but it is the, it is the, it is the, feminine energy that is driving that that hotness like that's filling up that space with just like adventure and exploratory kind of thing and like let's let's explore one another for like you said Ashley hours minute whatever it is I also prefer hours but like let's like let's but it's like hours (laughs) yeah I mean I've all I'll also grab what I can get as quick as I can get it like I'm into that but like there is something very balanced about how that sexual congress is called into you know you know called to action there's 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 roles that people play of like setting that space for it to be completely safe completely uninhibited completely open uh, open yeah present <laughs> present to, to, to be present rather than just trying to get your nut to get out of there instead <laughs> creating like this space of like, we are here for this shit. We are here to figure out what's going well, on with this shit. Feminine energy too is always testing the boundary. So the, 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 uh, what is it? The picture that comes to my head is you guys remember the original Jurassic park. Come on, and there bro, was who are you talking to. And there's an, the encampment that had the uh, raptors in it, and they were all female. And these female raptors were constantly jumping on the fences and trying to find where the weaknesses are. And even the guy says it; he's like, she's looking for weaknesses. It could not be a more perfect example of the masculine and feminine play. The masculine creates a container, and that wild feminine energy is always going to be testing the weaknesses in the boundary, always. That's why the male, the masculine has to be in its integrity. It holds that boundary solid. So it's like you, your job is to witness her, not to control her, just witness her in the wild, let her bounce off of that energy and you witness and hold firm because she's going to test it. She's going to push up against it. 
Holy shit. I'm so glad we're having this conversation right now, guys. Cause it's, um yeah. Can I give you guys like, like a really good example? Uh Please. yeah. Yes. Okay. This is me. I, I can't we get really graphic. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get graphic. I'm horny over here, so get more graphic. <laughs> oh, I had the, yeah, one of my partners. So again, I'm I'm polyamorous. So one of my partners. He's in, he's in a relationship. She's amazing. I really like her. He and I play sometimes and he's a, he's a Taurus. So there's a really fun energy between the two of us because of this like Taurus dynamic. We're kind of locking horns and having like a lot of fun. There's this, this masculine and feminine of pushing up with these two Taurus energies. Um, but you know, we were, he came over to, to hang out for a couple hours and we were going to have sex. And I, I had told him, I was like, one of the things I told him, because this is the first time that he and I had ever played, I was like, when I am in a sexual space as the feminine energy, I do not suppress anything that I'm feeling. So whatever comes up to be moved through, I allow myself to feel it, which can equal tears. Uh, and I'm like, are you aware, you know, just kind of letting him know, not as a warning, like something's wrong, but I'm like telling him, I'm like, when that happens, if, if I were to start crying, nothing is wrong. I don't need you to fix me because nothing is wrong. What I actually need is for you to just lean in because I'm okay. And, and that also requires trust because he has to trust that I mean it when I say I'm okay. And that I will let you know if I'm actually not okay, which is why safe words exist, right? So it's like, if I'm not okay, this word will let you know. Other than that, barring me using this word, I'm fine. So we start playing and he's going down on me. Side note, Taurus are the best at <laughs> Taurus are the best at oral. Just anybody gets the opportunity. <laughs> it's a whole different, it's a whole different game. Is that so, the, yeah. is that the title of this episode? Taurus is the best at <laughs> Yes. Yes. I don't, because I am dead serious being that we are like, you know, all the senses and food people, whatever. Okay. So this man is devouring me and I am in ecstasy. Well, I feel the energy start to move and it starts coming up. And I know that as soon as it hits my heart chakra, I'm going to start crying because when I'm having sex, I'm also pulling, this is why I do Tantra. I'm taking the energy that's building in those bottom two chakras. I'm pulling it at my body and at my head. So as it's moving up and as soon as it hit my heart, I burst into tears. And I don't mean like mildly crying. I mean, hysterical sobbing, <laughs> like, <laughs> like just crying because so much energy was moving through. So this, if someone had walked in, they might've been freaked out. But what was really occurring was I'm like back arched, complete ecstasy. I am sobbing and this energy is just moving through me. And what I loved about this moment is that he didn't pause. He didn't stop. He didn't go, holy shit, is she okay? He didn't make me feel like I was broken because I had to cry. He fully leaned into the experience. It ended up being one of the best sexual experiences ever had. Well, now that, you know, that was a pushing subconscious or not on the boundary of that masculine. And he showed in that moment, he can hold that boundary. He could hold that container, which when that kind of subsided and now I'm calm again, it enabled us to move into different avenues in this sexual experience that were really extreme because now we really trust each other. Mm. To, to get into more aggressive things that require trust from a partner. And we had the best time. It was uh, fucking awesome. <laughs> and then he went home to his girlfriend. <laughs> and ma'am, if you're, if you're listening, take no offense. It's just two Tauruses figuring their shit out. Oh, she's awesome. That's why I love her. She's an Aquarius. She's all for it. She's like, oh, yeah, she's I'm for it. Yeah. She's down. 
she literally was like, can you just like send pictures? <laughs> just very voyeuristic because Aquarius love to watch. So she's, she's no, she's 100% okay. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I get, I just, you just rendered me speechless. Go ahead, Mike. I just, there's so many questions I have here. <laughs> no, but this was, um, highlighting this is really important. And it, it came up in that book that I read and it really changed the dynamic of my relationship because it talks about how the feminine energy is like energy in motion, right? It's, it's going here and there and there. And you talked about that boundary testing. And so sometimes, you know, you come home and if you're like in a more of a masculine energy in the relationship, you have a, like a more masculine, like sexual polarity, you'll come home maybe from work or something. And it t- talked about some example where it, like come home and you made a million dollars and the feminine's like, well, did you, did you remember to pick up the milk on the way home? <laughs> right. And what we're, we get, def- we get defensive and be like, well, what the fuck? I just made a million dollars. What the fuck is a, a gallon of milk mean? But what she's doing is testing the boundaries yeah. and where, and can you contain the wildness? Am I and, still safe? Yeah. Am I still safe? Let's say that again. It got cut off a little bit. You made a million dollars, but you forgot something I needed really simple at the store. Am I still safe here? Mm, that safety the safety because the the feminine wants that masculine safe container so she can feel safe enough to be wild Mm. we want to be wild that's what people don't get is we want to be wild but we've been so disconnected from it and men are so terrified of wild women they're so fucking terrified of us (laughs) that they just it's 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 a lot We've burned them in the past, you know? We burned them in the past, for sure. It's this image I get of, um, you know, the feminine wants to be wild, but like the masculine's there, just like check, checking the perimeter, making sure like this is a safe space and I'll hold yes. this space for you as big or as small as you want it to be. Yes. And you can move, you can dance, you can cry, you can do anything in that space. And I'm just going to I'm going to watch you, huh? I'm gonna- watch you. Not only am I creating the space, I'm going to watch you. Mm. So it's like the masculine is the universe and the feminine is the energy that has created everything inside of it. And the masculine is just observing and containing and the feminine, everything it's on a micro scale and it's on a macro scale. You can't get away from dance of the masculine and feminine. This is why I love Tantra because the whole point is bringing, showing people how to get into that dance. It's so beautiful. Ooh. Damn. I'm just sitting with that for a second. How does it tie to astrology? You were saying. <laughs> because of this, like I look at myself as a really good example. My sun, moon, and rising are all feminine placements. So earth and water are all feminine. Fire and air are all masculine. They hold those polarities with how they, they because we bring it all to the collective. If you look at my chart, it's a lot of feminine energy. And my main ruler is like Venus, which is the goddess of love, beauty, sensuality, those types of things. I'm coming out into the world and embodying so much of that Venusian energy. And that's new for me. I was in my masculine for a really long time. I had to be as a, as a means to protect myself, which is probably subconsciously why I also wear it to the gym. You know, I trust these men. They're good men. But I'm also like, I'm in my masculine. I don't want to be raped by people. Do you know what I mean? So being able feel free to be in my feminine and pour that out. And then there's the different polarities from the signs. So Aries <clears throat> has that um, 
masculine energy where your cancer has the feminine. So you're going to get your chart, have a mix of the masculine and feminine too. You can't get away from it. <laughs> it's everywhere. Mm. And my, my chart's kind of interesting too, because I have my top three is um, Taurus and Scorpio are sister signs. So Taurus is all about life and being in the body and creation and spring. And Scorpio is all about death, transmutation, transformation, the underworld. And my, my top three, it's like, I'm in a dance of that all the time. It's like, I have one foot in, in the underworld and one foot in light all the time. I had someone even describe me. She was like, you're a light dark. And I don't know how else to say it. She goes, I don't mean evil, but you have a darkness and a light and you just mix them really well. And I'm playing that out in my birth chart big time. Interesting. So fascinating. <laughs> all a big dance is all a big dance of the two different of the masculine and feminine. And if we can get people to learn how to dance in those energies and a lot is going to be healed on the planet, but it requires presence. And most people aren't present most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just all the time. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm curious, Ashley, I'm not trying to wrap this up. I'm just trying to ask this question midstream. Yeah. If someone wanted to get, there's only so much you can do through Google, right? If someone wanted to like really dive into some of these things, their sun, moon, and rising, and and maybe maybe even beyond, yeah, are you the person for that? Like, can can you help folks with with that shit, or are you into different different shit? No, I can, and I'll my I'll do really basic because it is so nuanced, and there are people, but I also know people that yeah. can. Level. So it's like people want just that like crash course, something really basic. Let's get into this. You know, I, I'll fucking help you out. I would love to. It makes me super happy. And if they love that and they're like, now I want to dig deeper, I want to peel off even more layers and go into these other things, I will happily send them to other people that can really get into shit. But if they want to do like past lives readings and and talk tantra, that's more your yeah. vibe. All the time. Past lives and tantra all day long. <laughs> it's my favorite. You've had some experience doing past lives readings for Mike. Mm -hmm. She did read my past lives though. I did read past lives, but that's for him. You know, that's his. I don't, I don't ever talk about anyone without their permission, but here's the other thing too. And I tell people this, I'm like, look, I'm not recording in my brain all the time, all the lives that I read. Like you better be writing that shit down because I'm not going to remember. There's too many. I had some good ones. I even had an ex-Mormon or a Mormon past life, a gay Mormon past life. Oh, that's right. He died in the in the ocean. He died in the ocean. You had a dream about it, girl. <laughs> ah, I can feel it. It's all in my chest. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. That one is been sitting with me. Let's uh because we've hit like that, that tantra. I want to talk a little bit about because um is there something in the water there in Utah? There's something going on with this like non-monogamy thing in Utah. <laughs> pretty there's a pretty big non-monogamous scene and i yes. i think i get it most of us are ex-mormon and i think that you you know you live in a paradigm of how relationships are supposed to work and then people they decide they want to see something else and and i think that it can be beautifully done and it can be done in a toxic way and i think it's that's the same with monogamy yeah you can't what i have learned from my own experience in it is that you cannot run from your shadow practicing polyamory you can fucking try but it is it will trudge up all your shit what do you mean by that? I mean, you're having to face all of your attachment wounds, all of your, you know, 
jealousies that you might not have addressed before, you know, things from the parenting, things from watching your parents in relationships, things that aren't getting a light shown on them in monogamy. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go into polyamory to get into their shadow work. I am saying if you go into polyamory, you're going to get thrown into shadow work. (laughs) I like that. Or the people that are self-aware. There's a lot of people that aren't self-aware and then I think they just hurt themselves with it. But I think, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be around one particular couple that I just adore and watching the way they move and communicate through their shadow when shit comes up to the surface. Those feelings that come up when you see your partner with somebody else and connecting with somebody else. And it's interesting. Or I'm, I'm what's called a unicorn. So I'm a single woman doing it. And that's a whole different experience for me than it is for couples. Well, can we talk a little about yeah, your experience with that? It can be rough sometimes because people want to objectify you. So sometimes couples, and this is, you know, there's such a wide range of experiences that you can have. And there are some couples though, that it's almost like I might as well be a sex doll. They just want to pick me up and take me home for the night mm. and use me for their, to enhance their pleasure as a coupling without any regard to me as a human. And I'm like, no, thank you. I have no, I have no interest yeah. in that. Now I'm never going to yuck anybody's yum because people are allowed to move in their sex lives however they want. And people are allowed to participate in whatever they want. My whole thing is just consent, right? Please be in a consensual state. But there are certain things that I don't consent to. And so I just don't get involved. I'm like, oh, that's not my thing. No, thank you. There's a lot of couples that want to pick me up. And I'm like, I'm good. Thank you. I'm flattered. That's really flattering for a couple to be like, you're hot. We would both love to fuck you. But I'm like, I'm, you don't know me. <laughs> well, and I don't want to be. Yeah, you're out. your own person too. I'm my own person. I, I don't want to be discarded three hours later once you guys have, have gotten what you needed. But I'm also not against people doing that. Knock yourself out. Because some people like that. Some people find it very fulfilling. And I think that that's great. What we're, we're in, we're in uncharted territories for me right now. So okay. what do you mean? They try to pick you up and then they just discard you. What, what is, what's going on here? I mean, like if I'm at a party, like a play party where, I mean, it's play parties there for people to go and, and play and you can have sex and you know, all these other things. And so sometimes there'll be a couple that will just approach me and they're like, we would both really love to have sex with you. And, and I'm just, I, I, I'm there for the connection. I'm like, I, if I feel a vibe with you and we're connecting and there is a, there is an energetic pull towards somebody and I want to experience that, then I will. But I don't want, if, if that connection's not there, I'm not interested. And some people, some people are, and that's totally fine. Like that's, they, they can go do that for me. That doesn't work, but there have been moments where I've just met somebody and like, you're like, Whoa, there's definitely something here that draw that pull. I want to explore this. And I think that's what I love about polyamory because we all have those moments when you get drawn to somebody you're like it would be so cool to see where we could take this connection i'm feeling with you uh and explore it um and polyamory allows the space for that but it's also comes with its own trappings and stuff but i've had really beautiful moments of just meeting someone and i loved that i had the freedom to then go do something about it Instead of just being like, damn, we're both super attracted to each other. Haha, <laughs> I'm going to put you in a box in my head that says off limits. Yeah. You know. There so. are play parties? Oh, yeah. They're so fun. <laughs> what goes on at a play party? I personally love an orgy. I love an orgy. It's so great. <laughs> That's another good episode title. I personally love an orgy. <laughs> personally, I love an orgy. <laughs> personally, <laughs> comma. I love an orgy. <laughs> not not to talk shit on anybody else. Everyone's got their own thing, but yes. I personally love an orgy. I 
personally love an orgy. I do. I really, I think they can be, I think they can be disastrous and sometimes, and I think they can be absolutely phenomenal. Um, I love the freedom. I, I'm a total exhibitionist. I love being watched. I love watching. I love being naked. So this provides a really fun playground for me where I can go and be completely naked. And if people, if I'm in a, if I'm having sex with someone and people want to come in and watch, knock yourself out, pull up a chair, enjoy the performance. And I don't, no, that's not true because I'm not performing. Enjoy my essence because I'm here. Yeah. Okay. All you Aquariuses out there. Yeah. You perverts. You wanna- <laughs> yeah. You fucking pervs. Chill out. <laughs> Not judging. Put your dick back in your pants, you Aquarius bullshitters. Why do they they always have to come up in our conversation? (laughs) Do Aquarius, do do Aquarii even wear pants, these fucking jerks? They're not even wearing pants. They're running around Donald Ducking it, shirt cocking it. Oh, they're so, they are very fun to play with. I will say. You're not Winnie the Pooh, Aquarius. Very fun to play with. really like it hmm. so i've had some very positive experiences at, at play parties and and some that weren't so great and that's okay too because they're all just learning experiences like okay i didn't like that love that you know but it's just it's a safe space for people to explore that want to see that want to move through sex in a different way holy shit i would love to have a play like i would love to have an inadvertent play party at my place like think about that you get up there, you get, you, you invite a bunch of people up. It's like, I'm going to grill for you guys. And then we're going to sit out and play music on the back, on the back patio. And then suddenly you turn to your spouse and you're like, I think everybody here is trying to fuck. <laughs> you're just like, but really, you're providing the soundtrack for the fucking orgy. This sounds just like a Gemini moon, doesn't it? Does it sounds like a fun Friday night. I don't know. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Sounds great. So where would you say in your experience with uh, ethical, ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, yeah. whatever you want to define it, open relating, um, what are some of the, I guess, tips or pitfalls you've seen or I don't know. I think everything that I've seen and even for myself and, and is it all comes down to communication it all comes down to communication and the couples that do it well are communicating at nauseum almost. Do you know what I mean? Like they communicate all the time, just everything. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm witnessing. And I ask a lot of questions. I ask so many questions because I am new or for me, if I'm going to be sleeping with a man, I am making sure to talk to his partner. I'm not just taking, word on it of like, oh, well, we've talked and she said, it's okay. No, no. I'm going to also communicate with her. Hey, I'm hitting it off with your husband. We, I would really love to have sex with him. It's going, are you comfortable with that? Where are your boundaries with that? Is there anything I need to know? And some women are like, thank you for asking and give me more information or other women will be like, I already talked to him about it. I appreciate it. You know, he's got all the info. Great. I just, I have to check in with them first. Are, are there other women who are like, excuse me? That like, they didn't know. Yeah, I, I guess I'm. I, th- this is all very new to me. So, like, I, I that usually the women are 100% aware. Okay, all right, I, fair enough. I have never experienced being like me and so and so were talking about having sex, and he said you're cool with it, and have her been like the fuck? Are you? That's never occurred. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. These conversations are being had way previous to this this stuff happening. Yeah, or if you're at a 
you're like, if I'm in a play party in a play, you know, like where I'm hooking up with a man and all I got to do is even look at like his partner. If she's in the same room of like, Hey, are we good? And it's like, yeah, totally great. Like, great. Cool. Mm -hmm. I need that. I need that green light from the partner before I can do anything. I, I can't even get aroused if I feel even for a second that it's going to hurt her in any way or I that I didn't that. clear enough with her. It's really important to me. I hear that. So, and that's been, and sometimes, you know, people want to watch or they want to join or whatever. I mean, to me, I'm all about the energy anyway. If the energy feels right to, to have, um, you know, threesome or whatever, then I'll go with that energy, but I don't seek it out. I'm just flowing with the energy. As long as you don't have fucking Pat in the corner doing his weird shit. Man. Fucking Pat over there doing his wiener copter. Bad. No, like the right. Yeah. Yeah. Pat. He's a good time. <laughs> Chill out, Pat. You fucking Pat, asshole. He's the lube boy. You know, he'll come and get you. We need bring you some water. Every orgy needs a lube boy. So it's <laughs> dude. Pat. Pat oh has been demoted to lube boy. Pat, Pat came, listen, listen, Pat came with so much energy and excitement. He's like, I can't believe it. I'm going to my first play party. It's a fucking orgy. And meanwhile, everybody's like, Pat, can you grab us more lube? And Pat's like, I got a wiener copter going over here. It's like, no, Pat, you fucking suck. (laughs) Like nobody wants your wiener copter. I haven't experienced anyone super creepy, but I'm, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm sure I've been fortunate to not. Hey, but. Ashley, there's a Pat in every crew. You just got to find that guy. Maybe I'm Pat. Don't tell me that. If there's a Pat in every crew, then I'm going to get No, I think that if you're unicorning and running around doing shit, like, I don't think you're Pat. I think Pat is the one who's like, I'll go to this fucking play party and everybody's going to be like, Pat, let's see your dick. <laughs> no, Pat, nobody wants to see your dick, dude. Your dick is the most, your dick is the least important part of you, Pat. <laughs> Ashley, if you were Pat, you would know. You're not Pat. Yeah. Ashley, Pat is a Pat is a regular occurrence on this podcast. So don't worry, you're not Pat. Not Pat, here's the thing: in these situations, it's usually couples and single women. Single men don't get invited to a lot of things, or if they do, there's very few, and they're very selective about them. Oh, so these single dudes look like fucking Brad Pitt, probably. Yeah, I mean, or they just have to know people or people got to vouch for them and they got to have good energy or something. But it's it's like they're very protective of the space. They don't like a lot of single men coming around. I, so, I, that yeah. makes sense to me. I, yeah, of course. Again, yeah. we're talking about con- the container, the safe container to play. Yeah, in. yeah. And I think that's the kind pots. of energy throughout all of this is like creating a safe container. Creating, and I think that's that's... The experiences of how do you can feel the difference between the two. And I've, I've told people before, I'm like, you're not present with me during sex. I don't want to have sex with you. It makes me feel unsafe. And not because I'm afraid they're going to do something to me, but I'm like, I immediately feel unsafe when you're not present with me. I'm not interested. I love that. Yeah. Listen, we've been going for a little longer than we like to go, but Ashley, you're just so interesting. <laughs> you're fun to talk to. Uh <laughs> Ashley, and you're one of the, I feel like you're one of the OGs. One of the OG you are an OG. Like, I think you're on like episode six or seven of this thing, right? <laughs> it was episode 18. Oh, 18. Okay, my bad. I know because I've told it, been like, go listen to it. It's a really fun episode. <laughs> it is a fun episode. This is even I, more I, fun though. This one's been, this one's top. Well, it, it is, it has been a fun one, but that first one was really fun too. Like we, t- we talked about some stuff. This was a year ago. We talked about some stuff that I have incorporated into my life about like, getting down with your own body, like being in the mirror, like actually 
I mean, not to get too crude, but like actually fucking masturbating to yourself. I mean, that's, that's what I learned from you a year ago, Ashley was like, wait a minute, I'm fucking sexy. Why don't I get down with that for a minute instead of trying to find like a scene from porn? Yeah. There you go, Mike. Yeah. Bounce it out, baby. Well, I'm saying that like, this is also what I learned from Ashley is the fucking candles, man. Dude, I got fucking candles. I've had candles in every episode since Ashley. Yeah. Oh, Come on, girl. Come on. No, hey, I, love it. I I think that we've all learned and grown a lot. And that episode was so much fun for me. And it's been fun to like, yes, it's been fun to recommend to people. Yeah, it's been really cool. As a matter of fact, one one of one of my one of my new buddies at the gym, he was like, I listened to your Mormons on Mushrooms episode. And I was like, him and his wife. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> Oh God, like, and, and they actually really loved it. And it spawned a conversation. And I thought it was really cool because it opened up an avenue to talk about things that I don't normally talk about with people. I loved that. I love that it opened up this, this doorway to be able to speak on things. So that's why I've been recommending it to people. And, and also just like, if you want to get to know me pretty well in an hour and a half, go listen to it. So I'm really grateful. It was really, it was fun with you guys. You might be able to go to this, uh, Jim couple and be like, Hey, have you, have you home? Have you homies heard the newest episode of Mormons on mushrooms? Like what up? You're close. You're covering your mouth and nose. I think that you might hear what I'm saying. I am just laughing. All I'm doing is laughing. Let me ask this question. Um, Ashley, how can the peeps out there that are listening, how can they find you? How can they track you down? Especially now, Ashley, that you're like a TikTok star. Oh yeah. You're a TikTok star. I heard. I was doing really good with TikTok. I have not posted a TikTok video in like six months because I just, I was going through something dark. I was just in a place, but you can go back and watch them. They're awesome. And every once in a while I I don't do lives, but uh, you can also just find me on my Instagram, which you'll, you'll tag me and we'll put you in the show notes. We'll put all the things and I'll also tag, but I, I love it. I've found amazing customers for, you know, clients from you guys. I'm happy to work with anybody to talk about any of these things. And my thing right now is really helping people move through uh, sexual shame and get really deep into their masculine and feminine energies. I love helping and guiding uh, singles and couples on how to do that. It's important. Well, I think you're getting a lot of clients with this, Ashley. And love it. I love, I fucking love having you on and I've missed you. I love it. I was so excited. I've been excited all week. I'm like, I get to do the podcast. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, I couldn't believe when I looked up and saw that it was 733. I was like, wait, I thought it was going to be 633. I thought we'd only be talking for a half hour. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm very entertaining. It's true. You are very entertaining. <laughs> and there's an element bro. of, you know, when we started this thing and like, we're talking about the OGs. Like, the, I, like I, I'm thinking back at a lot of our old guests being like, I want to check in on him. A lot of them I've kept up with and actually we've kept up back and forth, but yeah. yeah Just let me know. Call me back because I am always down to talk about big things and, and specifically sex. I think it's a conversation that needs to be had more. And I think it needs to, you know, shifting into sex positivity and women, especially talking uh, through a sex positive lens. Hell yeah. All right, girl. You're right. awesome. Have Thanks, a good sleep guys. tonight, Doug. What's yes. that? Have a good, have a good sleep. Oh dude, I'm, I'm about to go home and hit the sack, bro. <laughs> Fucking breathe. All right. Love you. Ashley. All right, Ashley. Hey girl, we love you. Bye. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, girl. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Mormons on Mushrooms podcast. We have so much fun recording it. And if you love it, we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories. So thanks again for tuning in. Thank you.